Sure. So uh, my name is Mark Henderson. I'm the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for EV Box North America. So my role is to lead all things growth related in the North American market for EV Box, which is a global company, uh, the global leader in EV solutions, actually. Um, <clears throat> so we have been around since 2010, started in the Netherlands and grew from there with some work uh, with the city of Amsterdam and grew throughout Europe over the last decade, started with level two charging, uh, ended up merging with a company named EVtronic several years ago that offers DC. And uh, so we have both level two and level three solutions for residential, commercial and public charging, uh, as well as workplace, et cetera. And uh, also bring a complete comprehensive package with that of network services, the installation services, maintenance services, et cetera. Uh, so all things EV related that a customer may need in order to provide uh, electric vehicle charging to customers or, or participants. Um, we're relatively new in North America, uh, especially the United States. We actually started dipping our toes in the water about four years ago, but we did it pretty cautiously and, and with uh, just one product and have made some significant strides lately and have recently announced and, and actually brought in uh, brand new products for level two. We have a, a product named Icon that is really good for commercial charging. It's publicly available. It's very eye-catching. Um, we also have just installed our first Tronic 100, which are DC units in California and are bringing those into North America in a big way this year. Uh, so we're poised for a lot of growth. I'm very excited about this year and, and what we can do. Um, and we're bringing all of the offerings that EV Box can provide into North America this year. Uh, you may have seen that we're uh, going public this year as well, hopefully in the next three months or so. We are in a partnership with TPG Pace uh, Beneficial Finance, if I, I think I got that properly, um, to take uh, us into an IPO on the New York Stock Exchange. It will be uh, EVB, uh, our stock ticker. Uh, so we're super excited about what this year can provide and, and really looking forward to bringing all of our expertise from worldwide into North America. So EVBox started in Europe. Have you seen any differences in how you have to go about business? I know we, we are much more spread out than wow. European cities are. <laughs> that is certainly true. <laughs> um, I, I, I think uh, that's actually one of the, the things that I would have mentioned for sure. Um, but more than that, I think that we're just, you know, that we have a car culture in the United States, especially, right? It's, it's certainly been there since post-World War II. It's, it's been a big part of who we are. And so the way that we think about vehicles is slightly different than the way that the European market thinks about vehicles. Um, and so you have to do some translation exercises, of course, to talk about how people will engage with electric vehicles a little bit differently than the way that they're going to be engaging with gas-powered cars. And because we're kind of behind the curve compared to Europe and on electric vehicle adoption, although I think we're going to quickly catch up, um, because we're behind the curve on that, there is a bit of education that we have to do here that maybe doesn't have to apply in Europe in quite the same way. This is still a pretty new market for most people. 
a lot of people are really excited about diving into it, but they're also a little bit cautious because they need education because they don't understand all the pieces of information they've gotten. Um, speaking of education, we, we too, um, always say that misinformation about electric cars is definitely a big hurdle for EV adoption in the United States, uh, especially. Um, so we were wondering if EV box has any sort of, uh, plans or materials they, they plan to deal with educating people on EVs and charging as a whole. But- I think that our role in that is to just be a consistent provider of honest information about how we see it. Um, I would actually argue that that's true of any company like ours. Um, I actually listened to the podcast you guys uh, released yesterday and, and heard you talking about the, you know, quote unquote misinformation around the Ford, um, the, the Mach-E. Um, and, you know, I found that it's a pretty, pretty interesting conversation about just people's misunderstanding of what, what these pieces of information they get or, or when, when people talk about a network and what it means to have a network, what does that mean? Um, so I, I don't necessarily think about it as combating misinformation so much as educating a market that is really new uh, to, to try to get them to understand what the landscape really looks like. So for us, we do that through a variety of ways. Um, you know, first of all, it's just things like this. Uh, you know, really appreciate the role that you guys are playing in this and, and also other publications or other podcasts where there's information going out there um, and making sure that we're engaging with the way that we see it. Uh, we also, of course, participating in trade organizations becomes very important for us and, you know, making sure that we're, we're you know, we're partnered with e- the uh, Edison Electric Institute or, um, you know, transportation alliances, et cetera, to make sure that, people understand what the landscape here really looks like and what is really needed to make it continue to accelerate. Uh, and then of course, in our one-on-one interactions or our marketing materials or what have you, we, we, we provide a lot of education as part of the conversation because this is not something where people are necessarily comparing something that they've already used to a new type of product or a new kind, a uh, new brand of product. This is a thing where people are engaging in this world the first time and they need a certain comfort level of exactly what that means for them so education becomes quite a quite a huge part of the role that i play the role that my team plays in making sure that customers understand exactly how to engage with the landscape in terms of uh, alliances do you see that being the future of infrastructure because it's separating between hundreds of companies i don't know if there's that many is kind of an inconvenience for a lot of people yeah, I think, um, so I, when I was saying alliances, I, I was actually thinking about more in terms of trade associations or, yeah. or whatnot to, to make sure that our voices are heard at the regulatory table. Um, but, you know, what you're talking about actually is obviously very true as well. There, there are going to be, and should be, in my opinion, mm-hmm. a lot of different solutions for customers to choose from. Uh, you know, just in terms of competition, in terms of why, you know, what is, what is going to be really good to continue to accelerate the market through innovation. Uh, I actually think that's a good thing. Um, I also think that millions of customers are going to have millions of different types of needs and not any one solution is going to solve all of those needs. You know, I think it's important that we all recognize that, but 
What is truly important, though, is that we make sure the drivers experience something that's pretty seamless. Mm -hmm. And so for us, the way that we combat that is through open charge point protocol, making sure that our hardware can work with any network, um, and making sure that all the different networks out there are able to work together. It's really important, in my opinion, for a driver to be able to go on an app that EVBox provides, find available charging near where that driver happens to be, whether or not it's an EVBox piece of equipment, go to that station and be able to use the app that he or she is, is used to, to pay for the charging and manage the charging experience that that, that person has with that station. And you accomplish that by making sure that you have a roaming network available, that you have agreements in place with all the various networks that are out there, um, so that you can, so so that you can combat the the closed network kind of mentality. Uh, I actually think that the closed network concept is not very good for the ultimate driver experience, or ultimately, it's not very good for the EV industry. Uh, if a, if customers can work with any app of their choosing but know that they can that they can connect to any available charging station then i think that begins to get solved speaking of um the charging infrastructure growth over the next decade or two uh in your opinion how do you feel the charging infrastructure is going to be spaced out in terms of today if you want to fuel up your car you go to a gas station which is a centralized point in a city or neighborhood um but with charge Charging points, you, they're much more flexible. You can put them on the side of the streets, on the sides of buildings, or have charging stations analogous to gas stations. Do you think we're going to keep this point where we're still going to have centralized charging stations, or is the end goal going to be you know, a charger available every 20 feet on the side of a street? I think the ultimate goal is that we're going to have cars that can charge anywhere. Uh, especially inside of a city or a suburban area, the way that people engage with their vehicles and the way that people think about fueling, quote unquote, their vehicles is going to change once they experience electric vehicles. Um, you know, nowadays, people don't think about range anxiety with gas cars, not because of the quality of the gas car, but because they know there's a fuel station pretty much anywhere they go, that it's, it's going to be really rare for them to, to have to drive 250 miles before they get to a gas station. Um, we can encourage people to think about electric vehicles in an even more accessible way because of the simplicity of the systems. And the fast charging that you might think that you need in a centralized place, like a fuel station in along the highway or freeway is, is absolutely essential for those types of trips. But within the city, it's having charging available inside of a parking lot or having charging available inside of your workplace uh, parking lot. So if you go to the grocery store, you can plug in for 20 or 30 minutes. If you go to work, you can plug in for two hours and get your car fully charged. And that's why we offer solutions that accomplish all of those things. You know, our Tronic is built for the for the corridor type of charging, the fuel station type of charging, the the places where people might go when they really are running fairly low and they need to be able to charge a car in 30 or 40 minutes. 
but our level two charging like icon i think what's really important is that people see them they, they need to be present um icon is quite eye-catching i think i mentioned that so like one of the great things about that is that people begin to get attracted to it they know what to look for and, and they're seeing that available and that gives them much more comfort about range anxiety uh so i actually think that the way people engage with, with driving is going to change somewhat when they start getting used to the concept of electric vehicles and when they get used to the idea that they can park in a myriad of locations and while they are doing other things, they can charge their vehicles. Mm -hmm. What do you feel is the optimum charge rate for those situations and situations like a road trip? Or do you feel we're already there? I, it's interesting. I, I, I've seen, you know, there are a couple of companies like solid state battery companies and others who uh, there's some promise that you can charge a, a car from zero to full in something like five minutes or 10 minutes. And, you know, there's, there's some, I'm certainly not a technical person, but there's some theoretical capacity for us to move toward almost instantaneous types of charging or within a couple of minutes, say, um, for me, it's it's kind of an open question I, I, whether or not customers need that, and some of that is going to be the, you know, what the costs are, et cetera. Um, I feel like the question around that is a lot more about delivery or trucking than it is about passenger vehicles. In my opinion, as I said, when a a, a regular driver of a car starts driving around. I don't think that they experience charging the same way uh, as fueling up your gas station. You know, if, and when you drive a gas powered car to the gas station, you're sort of committed to that three or four or five minute experience with the fuel station at the pump. And there's not a lot more you're going to be able to do while you're accomplishing that. Um, charging an, uh, an electric vehicle works differently. So you drive up to a grocery store, you plug into the icon that's there. You go in, you shop, you come back out 40 minutes later, and your car is significantly charged up, or maybe it's gone from half to, to full or something like that. Um, so anyway, it's a long-winded way of saying, I think the market is going to dictate a lot of this. Um, those technologies are really exciting. I do think that a lot of those are probably a little bit more geared toward delivery and trucking than it is necessarily to a passenger vehicle. Mm -hmm. So in terms of range you think that more chargers is more important than paying more for more range from a consumer standpoint i do uh you know i, I recognize that i sell chargers so that's certainly a, <laughs> um, uh you know a, a thing that i'm automatically going to say but but truthfully most people aren't driving more than 100 miles in a day and they're certainly not not driving more than more than that from point A to point B inside their day, right? So the fact that they could charge while they're at a grocery store for a little while helps them. Or the fact that they're never leaving their house without having a full charge, that makes a big difference. Um, so I, I think, you know, I, I heard at a conference once this gentleman said that uh, the only people who worry about range anxiety with EVs are people who have never driven an EV. Mm -hmm. And I think that's quite true. Uh, once you experience that and you start to think about it and you engage with the, the, the way that your car is full differently, um, you, get, you get used to it pretty quickly. And um, 
you know, I also, I, I don't know if we necessarily are doing the industry a lot of favors when we're talking about range anxiety all the time, uh, just because it, it's, it's a whole different way to engage with driving. And when we talk about range anxiety or, or, or even when, you know, people start getting into Twitter wars about, about who has the highest um, range with their, with their vehicle. Um, I feel like we're having a conversation about the wrong thing. And, and I, I don't know for sure that it's really good for the industry. Cause I, I think what really is good for the industry is to get people to think about the fact that they're going to engage here differently. I think we both agree with that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, 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 I will admit that I heard your podcast about that very topic uh, <laughs> uh, with regard to Audi and um, with regard to Audi and Tesla about a month ago. Um, touching back on the charge rate, um, you guys said you said that um, you really only see it useful in commercial um, aspects. Has EVBox explored providing heftier? Uh, charging stations for the commercial use or are you guys more focused on consumer facing charging points right now it it's our job to provide the stations for the battery types that are going to hit the market and to the best of our ability of course be ahead of that as much as we can if we start to see that those types of things look like they're a commercially viable and b going to have the um, uh, impact on the market the way that they're claiming that they will, then obviously it's our, it's our role to make sure that we have charging stations ready for that. So of course we're constantly exploring that, you know, where is this going? Um, you know, and, and I'll give you an example, and this is all of course related to level three charging, but when we started with DC charging in Europe, we had 50 KW systems. And that was the dominant force in, in Europe because most of the vehicles, other than high-performance vehicles, that was basically what they took. And now, in America, we never launched a Tronic 50. We launched a Tronic 100 KW because most of the vehicles now, the ones that are coming out this year uh, and, and next year, mo most use cases for vehicles are on 100 KW. And um, so even some of the ones on uh, performance vehicles that go higher than that uh, sometimes are limited. They have governors that, that pull down the amount of KW that they can charge uh, to about 100 KW. So you know, with that, we're, we're constantly looking at the needs of the market. So if a uh, certain auto manufacturer, whoever it is, starts to do significantly different battery types or higher powered battery types or needs higher voltage, uh, we're going to be right there with the market ready for that. So obviously we have to keep our, our eye on it. So you guys have a lot of experience in Europe. You've been around a while, but are new to the U.S. Here, do you think you can have a large market share? Do you see yourself as a competitor or an eventual leader? I think we're going to be a uh, top two or three for sure. Um, uh, and, you know, partly that's just because of the investment that we're putting into this. And partly it's because of the intelligence with which we're doing it. And I think that we have um, our attitude around flexibility to our customers, our attitude around working with other network providers and making sure that our customers end up with the right solution is going to get a lot of interest, I think. 
And because of that, and, and again, the investment that we're placing in North America, uh, absolutely we're betting on being a leader in North America. And I think that that's sooner than later. Correct me if I'm wrong, but EVBox doesn't have their own stations. You just sell charges to others who want to add them on their property and create their own stations, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So if you're talking about like a comparison between us and um, a charge port operator who has a, a self-branded and, and they own and operate the the entirety of the equipment, um, we do not do that. Um, in fact, some of some of those charge port operators are customers of ours. They actually use our hardware or our platform uh, to serve their customers. Is is there a reason why you guys aren't looking into your own properties? Or is that something you'll eventually explore? I think there's a lot to be determined on that. Okay. Uh, you know, ultimately you're talking about two pretty different business models mm -hmm. and, you know, all things are on the table, right? One of the things is in a, in a young market, we have to understand exactly where, where the market is going and where we can have the, the biggest impact. Um, for now, I think we're quite comfortable with the space that we're, that we're in and partnering with those other charge port operators is actually pretty beneficial for us uh, because what we can do is offer customer choice. If the charge port operator model where that particular organization just drops their fully paid for unit or whatever on the, on the site and takes all of the incoming revenue or 90% of the incoming revenue um, of the charging, if that works better for that particular location, we're happy to work with our partners to accomplish that. If that location wants to offer it as a value added service to the customers and capture revenue off of that charging directly, then we would love to work with them to supply the services around that. And um, we're there either way. Are there any automakers you've partnered with or are looking to partner with? Yes, you know, unfortunately with automakers, you, you have to be pretty cautious about what you can talk about. Um, so, you know, there are a number of them <laughs> that, that we are engaged with and supply, especially residential charging through them. But, you know, we're under some pretty um, yeah. strict non-disclosure agreements on that. So just uh, just know that the answer to that is yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, all right, Mark. My last question is going to be a bit more of a fun one. Uh, what EV are you most looking forward to in the future? <laughs> it depends on how much money I have. Um, <laughs> I, 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 historically, pr prior to electric vehicles, I was always a fan of Audis. And uh, so, you know, I look at their, uh, I think it's a GT. Um, you know, there, there's a, a pretty hot, sporty Audi that, is electric that is on their roadmap that uh, I think the release of it is supposed to be later this year. I'm pretty excited to see what that one looks like. Yeah, the Etron GT is one I'm looking forward to too. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a it's a nice picture. <laughs> <laughs> Do you currently own an EV? I actually don't have a car. The most so, environmentally friendly uh, option. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of that is driven by the fact that as a national sales leader, I travel a lot. So uh, it's, it's not, it hasn't been really necessary for me to own a vehicle. Makes sense. Well, I, I, th I think that's it. Unless you have something you would like to 
Yeah, no, I, I just love to close with, well, first of all, by saying thank you for having me and uh, have enjoyed the conversation and, and appreciate the work that you do and um, have enjoyed listening to the podcast. Um, but also wanted to just remind people that, that you know, EV Box is here with a comprehensive solution and, and the excitement level that we have about bringing Icon and Tronic and our uh, network services uh, into the into the American market is uh, couldn't be more real and, and we're really excited to see where this is going to take us.